business leaders. Listen up. It's time to eliminate bad attitudes, politics, and distrust on your business teams. It's time to change the culture of your team. That means you as the leader must change. It's time for you to have impact. Learn how from corporate consultant Dave Anderson on Impact Talk Radio. It's a learning hour of no fluff, straight talk with solutions designed to impact high-impact leaders who want to lead high-impact teams. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson with Impact Talk Radio. So I don't know if any of you have sat in a meeting like I had recently. I was working with one of the companies I I work with a lot, and I had this grizzled veteran manager who proudly declared, you know, my top priority is to take care of my team. And, you know, I got real excited about that because it sounded like I'd found a kindred spirit. I mean, because I truly believe a leader's job should be centered on his people. But as I worked inside that company a little longer, you know, I, I realized what I'd actually discovered was really a selfish, hard-headed, and insecure man. I mean, over over time, I learned, you know, he wasn't taking care of his people at all. He was just really just looking out for number one the whole time. And when I challenged him on, on this, you know, his defense, what he said was, hey, look, my responsibilities are to my department, not to other departments around here. You know, I'm not evaluated based on their performance. You know, looking out for number one is a character flaw, and it can be something inside of all of us. But, you know, some of us fall into this trap, trap and we try to cover it up with some sort of diversionary statement like his where he said, well, my top priority is taking care of the team. Well, you know, even though he claimed that, his behaviors didn't show that, you know. And even though that claim sounded admirable, you know what it truly was? It was a lie. And see, you know, the word lie sometimes makes people sit up a little bit straighter and they're like, ooh, you called him a liar. And look, let's just call a spade a spade here. I've used – I thought about using euphemisms like a deception or a half-truth or something like that. But, you know, those are just words that we all used and try to, try to make ourselves feel better, better about the fact that, you know what, we're just lying. I mean let's just call a lie a lie. I mean nobody ever calls somebody a half-truther. I mean, nobody ever calls somebody a strategic emitter of information. I mean, if I'm, if I'm lying, I'm a liar. So why should I call lies anything else? Look, I'm Dave Anderson, and you're listening to Impact Talk Radio. And on this show and every show, you're going to get a dose of reality, a dose of advice, a dose of impact solutions, and a dose of hope. Look, you can find Impact Talk Radio on iTunes, and you can download all our shows there and listen to them as you're driving around in your car or whatever is convenient for you. You can also go to toginet.com, that's T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com, and download our shows there. Look, if an individual is looking out for number one and they're on your team, they're a cancer. But if the leader is looking out for number one, that's even more deadly. You know, today I'm really excited because we get to speak with Jim Hunter. And you know, so so many of you probably heard of him because he's the best-selling author of the book The Servant. In fact, he's written three bestsellers. And our topic today is servant leadership. And you know, we have the man himself right here to discuss with us, you know, what does good servant leadership look like and how do we become one? See, whether I'm the CEO or mid-level department head or even an individual worker, you know, uh, with few leader responsibilities. Putting my own needs above others is truly a character flaw. I mean, I work, I've worked with companies where I've heard a CEO say something like this. Well, I'm, we take 
follow, uh, following government regulations seriously, you know, and, and the people responsible for this violation, they're going to pay the consequences. They're going to be fired. And, you know, the fact was inside those companies, in that company, that, you know, the culture was actually encouraged the violations because there was just a wink and a nod given to those things. And even most of the leadership throughout the company didn't even take those regulations seriously. See, the leader's responsible for the culture of the organization he leads. This CEO, he was shirking his responsibilities because he was willing to put the blame on everybody else, on all those people below him. I mean, he sounds like an innocent man who's really trying to clean up the mess in others. Well, actually, he's responsible for the actions of everybody in his organization. So making those claims, he was just looking out for number one when he makes those claims. And when you think about a mid-level department head, you know, they might make a claim like, look, like the guy, I, the grizzled veteran I was talking about, hey, my top priority is to take care of my team. When in actuality, he wants his team to look good because he wants to look good. You know, he's willing to undermine other departments to reach those goals. See, a leader at this level is part of a leadership team first and a department second. If his department goals come before his, the leadership team's goals, he's a flawed leader. His priorities are out of sync. This claim to take care of your team is a lie to himself and to others. I mean, his priorities have everything to do with his department's productivity and his own personal reputation and nothing to do with the individuals on his team. As a leader of his department, the people are his department. If he comes before them, he's a flawed leader. Again, he's, his priorities are out of sync. That mid-level department head, he's just looking out for number one. And maybe there's that individual worker that says, well, you know, I'll help somebody if I'm asked. You know, if somebody comes to me and needs help, I'm always there for them. Well, you know, the fact is she's only willing to help others if it makes her look good. Maybe you've seen that. Those people who will offer, will offer help as long as it's going to make them look good. It's observed by others, you know. Or, but they're not going to do it if it becomes an inconvenience to her professionally or personally. I mean, a person of high character proactively searches for ways to help those around them. She doesn't care who's watching. She also, she's also going to accept the fact that there's an inconvenience sometimes with helping others. But her focus is on their needs, not her own. I mean, when you, we talk about servant leadership, a servant's heart, think about the servants you know. Aren't they also some of the most happy and most fulfilled people you know? Why? Because they're focused on others instead of themselves. Her claim to be willing to help others, you know what? That's all it was, a claim. It wasn't followed up by, by her actions. She was lying to herself and to others. She was looking out for number one. See, selfishness, selfishness, it, it's an epidemic in the workplace. It's an epidemic at home. It's an epidemic in our children. The, I, some people think that the idea of looking out for number one is some sort of sign of strength. But in fact, it's a lie. You know, people try to, try to mask their selfishness with these grandiose claims. You know, they think that just because they're state, they state that they're, that they're selfless, they state that they're, uh, that they're a servant leader, makes them so. When actually, those statements don't mean a thing. It's what their behaviors show. You know, think about this. If somebody claims one thing and actually operates in a different way, we don't, we don't say, oh, wow, look at them. Look how great they're a servant leader. If they claim one thing and they act in a different way, what do we call them? A hypocrite, right? A hypocrite. So just claiming something doesn't mean enough. It doesn't, it doesn't bring us close enough to being a servant leader. We got It's our behaviors that make the difference. You know, in reality, we all have character flaws. 
looking out for number one is a character flaw. I mean, it's a habit that could have been formed in, in your youth, and that's fine. You know, I, but the great thing is about habits, we can change our habits. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about changing habits. We're talking about becoming a better leader, a better servant to others, whether or not we're a leader in title or we're the, we're the frontline person in an organization. On this show, I know we have entrepreneurs and small business owners and frontline middle managers on this show listening, listening to, for some leadership nugget. You know, when you come here, that's our goal. My goal is to have impact on you. I don't know what brought you here. I don't know why you're here, but I do know this. We are going to do everything I can to bring you some real solutions that are going to help you, the overwhelmed manager, in the midst of the whirlwind of the day to really put some feet on these principles and actually put them into work. If you're looking for things to download, if you're looking for more to download, like I said, you can download these shows, Impact Talk Radio on toginet.com, or you can go to iTunes and find it. You can also go to Anderson Leadership Solutions is where I blog. AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com is where I write a blog. But also there's links there to these shows. And there's also links there to the Overwhelmed Manager's Guide, which is a which is a a website where you can download PDFs. You can download free videos. You can download things that you can watch that you can share with others to help you develop as leaders and help develop other people on your team. All these things are laid out there for you. And – Today, I'm real excited because we get to have uh, Jim Hunter with us to really dig into this idea of servant leadership and really talk to the master, the guy who's been out there doing this for 30 years, talking about this subject. We are uh, we're coming into a break here, and I just want to make sure that you all stick around and listen to what Jim has to say. I'm real excited to hear uh, hear what comes next. But the focus on today is on us on leaders, not what we do to others, but how do we shape ourselves? How do we shape our leadership, our leadership? How do we shape our character? And we're going to really dig into that, dig at into that with Jim. Now, also, you can follow me on, on Twitter at, a, at Dave Anderson 88, or you can find me on LinkedIn at Dave Anderson Leadership Solutions, and you can find me there. When we get back from the break, we'll bring on Jim, and we're going to have a great conversation. I hope that will spur you on to be a great servant leader for all those people around you. This is Impact Talk Radio, a dose of reality, a dose of advice, a dose of impact solutions. Dave Anderson will be right back. Join the Executive Business Seminar with author and trainer, Dr. Risa Wolf, Ph.D. Are you looking for practical business tips and techniques for dealing with difficult situations or lowering speaking anxiety? Then this show is where you need to be if you are a business owner, corporate executive, or anyone ambitious about their career growth. Dr. Risa Wolf draws from her extensive mentoring background for business leaders and executives and interviews leaders who have practical solutions. Join Dr. Risa Wolf every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for your edition of the Executive Business Seminar right here on ABRN, the All Business Radio Network. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. 
It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson. Well, if any of you have listened to this show before or you read my blogs or you have been to any of my talks and things, you know that I'm a, I'm a big proponent of character-based leadership. And, you know, I learned that from my father, General Jim Anderson, who was a previous guest on the show. And we've talked about character-based leadership with Joey Fawcett as well on previous shows. And, you know, just a few months ago, I got to hear our next guest speak. He came into town, and I, I always love to hear other people who talk about leadership and go learn from, learn from them. And as I listened to Jim speak, I just knew, oh, my goodness, I've got to get him on Impact Talk Radio because he and I are right eye to eye with things. Now, he's been doing this a lot longer than I have, so I'm going to bow, bow out to him and to talk a lot more about servant leadership today and, and teach us all about that. But you know, Jim has been the author of three international best-selling books, The Servant, The World's Most Powerful Leadership Principle, and Return to the Monastery. And it's all about on building leaders, culture, and high-performing teams. I mean, these books have sold over 4.5 million copies worldwide. His books are used as texts and MBA programs and other higher education curriculum around the world. He speaks on leadership to audiences everywhere, just coming back actually from Montana, which I just heard about uh, recently. But he goes worldwide down to Brazil everywhere you can imagine he's been he's spoken he he speaks to american express johnson and johnson mcdonald's nestle procter and gamble and something near and dear to my heart our our military our military the army the navy the air force and the marines have all heard uh jim talk about a servant leader and have have had him train them on servant leadership so jim i want to thank you for being here and uh fulfilling uh my hope and my prayer was able to get you on the show and join us to talk more about senior uh servant leadership uh well thank you so much dave it's uh it's a pleasure honor to be here on your show and and uh looking forward to what you have what, what we're going to talk about well, let's get right after it then, because you know, I, the term servant leadership, I think that it's thrown around a lot out there. I think some people might have an idea what it is, but you know, you're the guy who wrote the book. Tell, tell me what and tell the listeners, how do you define servant leadership? Yeah, I think it's one of the most misunderstood uh, terms in business today. Um, you know, people hear though that term servant leadership, and you know, what does that mean? I got to be a wimp? You know, yeah. <laughs> we're going to take the organizational chart and flip it upside down and give the asylum over to the inmates. I mean, what does that mean? Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, the great servant leaders I've met, Dave, over the last 30 years are wimps, only completely different. Mm. In fact, if I had to describe them, I would use two words, pit and bull. Pit bulls, man. They hug hard, <laughs> they spank hard. They're all yeah. about meeting the needs of their people. 
and uh, that's what servants do. So servant leader, let's break it into into two words, which it is, and let's take the back, the, the back end first. Let's talk about leadership, because that's another term that's very misunderstood. Mm-hmm. When we talk about leadership, we're talking about influence. We're talking about do you have the skill? Have you are, are you developing the skill of being able to influence people to action? Mm-hmm. With character, you know, that person you are in the dark when nobody's looking, with character yeah. that inspires confidence, inspires excellence, and gets your people to dig deep. So simply put, leadership is just it's the skill of influencing people to action. Can you get a group of young people to line through that to, to march through that wall because you asked them to do it? person you are inspires them to excellence, inspires them, gives them confidence. That's mm-hmm. leadership, influence. The first half of the word is the servant piece. And uh, servant, you know, what gives you the right to, to order people to walk through a wall, right? Well, yeah. the way you build that kind of influence with people, the way you build authority, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little later, mm-hmm. not power, authority, the way you build this influence is by serving your people, by identifying and meeting their needs, seeking mm-hmm. their greatest good. So being a servant is not about being a slave. Big difference. Uh, I'm not here to do what my kids want. I can assure you, Dave, what my kids want and what my my kids need are two completely different things. <laughs> what my employees want and what my employees need are two completely different things. So that's what I meant about the great servant leaders I know are pit bulls, man. I mean, when it comes time to do the hugging, when it's time to honor people, respect people, give appreciation, give encouragement, have a company picnic, I mean, they're first in line. Let's party. I mean, they honor yeah. people. They know it's all about people. <laughs> As Kelleher at Southwest uh, Airlines, the guy who built, founded Southwest Airlines, he, was a, he built it on servant leadership. He used to say the business of business is people. Without people, mm. there is no business. So it's all about people. So when it's time to do the hugging, they're first in line, Dave. But I'll tell you what, when it's time to do the spanking, yeah. uh, they, are, they are pit bulls. Uh, here's our standard. Here's our standard, Bobby. Here's your performance. We've got a gap here between our, our standard of excellence and your performance. And if we don't close this up, man, you're not going to get to work here. I love you, and I'll miss you. And if I have to fire you, I'm going to be devastated by that. My job as your leader is to help you win. So if I've got to fire you, I've got to own a piece of that. So I'm all in, Bobby. I want you in my office every week at 3 o'clock. We're going to talk about what kind of week you had. I'm going to give you feedback. I'm going to tell you what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, what I'm smelling. But let there be no doubt here, Bobby. You don't close this gap in the next 90 days. I will not subject your mediocrity to the excellence of this team. I will not desecrate the excellence. I will not dishonor this team. You will not work here. So I'll tell you, Dave, they hug hard and they spank hard because that's what people need. We need our leader to step up and do that. I need that. I need friction. You know, and I, I need people to, my, my wife gives me a lot of friction. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, friction is good. You know, it gets us off the dime. And great servant leaders, I mean, they are in the game. But they don't, but they don't fall off the horse. So many leaders fall off the horse. I think it's all about the task. You know, just get it done. They forget about the relationship. Or yeah. then or there's others who are all about the relationship and singing Kumbaya, and they forget, hey, we're here to get some, some stuff done. We've we got a mission. So if we can get find the zone between the hugging and the spanking, that's really what, what servant leadership is. And that's how you serve your people. That's how you that's what they need you to do. It might not be what they want sometimes. <laughs> it might right. be the last thing they want today is to have you hold them accountable to excellence. But it's what they need and that's what servant leaders do, Dave. You know, you and I love the point you brought up about 
the difference between a servant and you know and a slave uh, when I was going through your your book and things, and you you touched on it here. But that's what some people think. That you know, I bet you as soon as somebody heard me say servant leadership in the begin in the opening and things, they're, they're thinking, yeah, 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 that all sounds good. But I get paid for driving results, you know, and you probably. After you being in companies is uh, doing this as long as you have, you've probably run into that thought process before. How do you address that with people? You know, and, and I'm not the only one, and you're not the only one, Dave. I mean, Jim Collins wrote the best-selling business book of all time, uh, hardcover, which is uh, good to great. Yeah. And early in the book, page thirty, he said, "You know, we debated about calling these 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 leaders servant leaders." Mm-hmm. He said, "But the team decided that people would get the wrong idea." Uh, so we, we decided to call them level five leaders. And, uh, you know, the book, the, the book Good to Great is nothing more than the empirical evidence for servant leadership. You want the data? Go read Good to Great. It's the data, the empirical evidence for servant leadership. But anyway, yeah, the point is people, people, uh, people you know, servant conjures up a lot of images in people's minds. And, uh, and, and, they, and they just, uh, you know, they immediately want to, want to discount it or write it mm-hmm. off. And, uh, but once they truly understand what the vocabulary and the vernacular means, um, then they get on board pretty quickly, and that's why I haven't changed it to a level five or something else. Because servant, I think, best describes it. It's about meeting needs. It's just, it's not about being a slave, though. And they're two two completely different things. Yeah. Now the the, the principles. I mean, I, here's the thing. When I, I know when I go and speak about uh, the topic of servant leadership, and I talk about uh, the character of a leader, a lot of people. They say they believe in these things. They come up to me after those talks and are like, "Wow, Dave, fantastic! This is exactly what we need." But you know, why don't we have more pe- more servant leaders in business? Because it's hard, Dave. It, it takes a lot of effort to serve people, to meet needs, you know, to to, to love people. And not and, and in my books, I talk a lot about love, and it's, it's not mm. love is, is something that we feel. The the classical definition of a love, which is a verb. It's love mm-hmm. your neighbor. The verb in a sentence is love. Uh, you know, it, it, it's something that we do. Love is the willingness to extend yourself for other people, mm. identify, meet their needs, seek their greatest good. So when they leave you, they're better than when they got there, which ultimately is the test of leadership. When people leave you, have they raised their game as a result of being around you, your influence? That's the mark you leave. You know, that's why we're all a leader, Dave. We all influence people. We all leave a mark. The yeah. question is not, are you a leader anymore? The question is, are you effective? Are we, are mm. we going to be glad you were there? So the point is, leadership is hard, man. Character is hard. Doing the right thing day in, day out. Patience, kindness, humility, respect, selflessness, forgiveness, honesty, holding people accountable to excellence, commitment. I mean, these things, these things take a lot of effort. It's a whole lot easier to walk out in a warehouse and say, do it or else. <laughs> yeah. You know? And uh, get... And go back into my office and get back on the internet, you know, to, to, to just lead with power. Just do it or else. Just get people's compliance. But if you want to inspire people to act, you want to inspire people to excellence, then you've got to get them from the neck up. Mm. You've got to get hearts and minds and spirits and creativity and excellence. And how are you going to get that? Do it or else? <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. So it's, um, you know, it's hard. Character is hard. Character is doing the right thing, even when you don't feel like it. Mm. Winning those battles between what you want to do and, and, and what you should do. And, and Dave, my experience is, is that uh, character is really a misunderstood term like leadership. Um, mm. You know, when you and I are talking about character here, and I know you get this, 
We're not talking about personality. You know, my wife's a psychologist. She she can give you a 30-minute test and tell you what your personality is. It was pretty well fixed by age six. You Mm -hmm. know, are you a type A, type B, you dominant influencer, steadfast, conscientious? It's pretty well fixed by age six. Your IQ was pretty well fixed by age 15, but not your character. Mm. Hence the term maturity, moral maturity. That's what character is. Character is winning those battles, those wars, Mm. those demons that I battle every day between what I want to do and what I should do. That war between what we know is the right thing to do and and, and doing it. Mm. The difficult part of life, Dave, isn't knowing the right thing to do. The difficult part of life is doing it. All leadership is is doing the right thing. It's the right you know, my dad, have- I was going to tell you, my, you know, my dad, who's you know, spent uh, 41 years in the military, retired general and spent 20, his last 24 years at West Point. Uh, he used to say to me, hey, bud, if doing the right thing were easy, everybody be doing it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And that's what, you know, what, what is leadership? Doing the right thing, even when you don't feel like it. What's character? Yeah. Doing the right thing, even when you don't feel like it. Leadership is character in action. It's the right thing to do to have patience and self-control with your people, not to be a toxic leader that nobody wants to be. It's the right thing to do to be kind. Mm-hmm. Do you like being around toxic people? It's the right thing to do to be, the right thing to do to be humble. Or do, you, or do you prefer arrogance? Does arrogant, do arrogant people inspire you? It's the right thing to do to be respectful, to be selfless, to meet the needs of others. That's what you signed up to do when you signed up to be the leader. It's the right thing to do to be honest, to hold people accountable to excellence. I mean, that's what the company pays you to do. I told a group out of Mountain Montana two days ago, I said, if you're not holding your team accountable to excellence, you're a thief and a liar. I know you were just yeah. talking about liars, uh, Dave, and I'll tell you, they all gave me that look like, whoa, that's a little strong, Mr. Hunter. And I said, man, if you're not holding people accountable to excellence, you're stealing every time you take a paycheck. Yeah. This organization pays you to hold people accountable to excellence, and you're dishonest, you're lying because you're pretending everything's okay, and it's not okay. And guess what? Everybody in your department knows it. Everybody in the building knows it. There is no secrets at work. People mm. spend half their waking hours in the workplace. You think they don't know? <laughs> they know. They know exactly what's going on. And when you don't hold people accountable to excellence, your superstars are thinking, why aren't you doing your job? Yeah. Your superstars don't get mediocrity. They don't get that yeah. at all. Yeah. So character, character is winning those battles and doing the right thing even when it's hard. You know, holding people accountable to excellence day in, day out is hard. You know, I are love, you willing, the, I love are that you, quote by C.S. Lewis where he says, you know, where he talks about uh, virtues and he, and he says uh, uh, courage is, is the uh, embodiment of every virtue at its testing point. Yeah, when it gets tempted. Well, that's when we find out what kind of character you have when the going gets tough. Yeah. You know, when the yeah. goal, anybody can lead the 80% that anybody could lead. I mean, the great ones, the easy ones, but man, that 10 or 20% that are going to test you, going to test your leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember Tony Campolo. Did, did you remember him, Dave? Yeah. Uh, he was a, yeah. yeah, Tony Campolo, he was a, he was a teacher, writer, author, just, just a, one of the funniest guys I ever heard on stage. Anyway, he used to say, at every wedding, we have an opportunity for a marriage. Every wedding, we have this opportunity for marriage. But we never really know what we've got until the feelings pass for a season. You know, anybody Jim, can sign up. We're going to go. Let's let's get back to this story here, right? When we get back to, uh, when we come back from this break, I'm sorry to interrupt you here. Yeah, we're gonna, no I want to get back to this Tony Campala story right when we get back from a break here. This okay. is uh, this is Impact Talk Radio, and I'm speaking with Jim Hunter today about servant leadership. Stick around so we can hear more from Jim on servant leadership and help us become better servant leaders ourselves. We'll be right back. 
This is Impact Talk Radio. Learn more on Dave Anderson's blog at AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. Stay with us. Back after these. In today's business world, you have to be LinkedIn. LinkedIn, it's a great tool. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady. Join us for the LinkedIn Lady Show every weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Carol is here to show you and your business how every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose that can benefit you. In each show, the LinkedIn Lady will have a variety of guests, such as business owners who will showcase their businesses and talk about how they're using social media to stay in touch with not only customers, but to attract new relationships that become customers. Other guests will be experts in social media who will speak to the use of Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Plaxo, Squidoo, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. Join us for the LinkedIn Lady Show with your host, Carol McManus, every weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. No fluff. Just straight talk with impact solutions for high-impact leaders. Here's Dave Anderson. Hey, we're here with Jim Hunter, and I want to make sure we let you know how you can uh, find Jim on the Internet. You can go to his website, which is jameshunter.com, and you can look up everything you need to know about Jim and and find out about how to get him to come help your company and train with your company. You can also email him directly at info at jameshunter.com and uh, he responds to your emails because I know that personally because he responded to me and uh, that's why we're here today. We're talking about servant leadership with uh, best-selling author Jim Hunter and he was right in the middle of a story uh, a story that uh, he was sharing with us before we went to break. So Jim, I'm going to turn it back over to you and get us back on track with that story. All right, yeah, you'd ask me why there are so, where are all the great leaders of character? Where are the servant leaders? And mm-hmm. uh, why is that? And I said, because it's hard. And I mentioned the story that Tony Campolo tells about, uh, he said at every, mar- every wedding we have an opportunity for a marriage, but we never really know what we got till the feelings pass for a season. I mean, anybody can do courtship or honeymoon. Anybody yeah. can sign up to be a leader, and we'll hit your pay 20% and send you to Fred Pryor supervisory skills class. But when the going gets tough, then our character gets revealed. Then we find out what we got here, right? Then we find out mm-hmm. who's in, who's really got character, who can, who can do the hugging, who can do the spanking, who can create excellence. And, 
And so the point I'm, uh, I'm making, Dave, is that the reason there's so, so few, few of leaders, it's, it's, it's hard. Man, it's hard. It's hard to be a great leader. It takes a lot of effort. There's no finish line. Mm. You know, excellence is about continuous improvement. It's about growing your character. Uh, you know, far, farmers are, are very clear about this. If, you, if you're living, if you're in a, and, I, and I assume all your listeners have a pulse this morning, <laughs> Dave, <laughs> but if you're living, uh, you're in one of two conditions. You know, you're either green and growing or you're ripe and rotting. Pick one. Mm. Even if you think you're the same as you were six months ago, the world is moving by you right now at such a high rate of speed. By definition, you're going backwards. So servant leaders are out there on the cutting edge. They are green and growing and getting after their stuff and, and, and moving the ball up the field. So it's all about continuous improvement. Are you raising your game? Are you going to make better choices today than you made yesterday? Are you going to be now, able doesn't to that, three, doesn't that are, take, are you going to be able I to mean, say here, three months here's from a, now, you know, are you going to be able to say, you know what, I'm not where I need to be, but I'm better than I used to be. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm raising my game. You know, you start putting some back-to-back seasons like that together, Dave, and you end up in a different place. Now, I heard you say this before. The key to that growth, though, it's humility, isn't it? I mean, the the recognition that you have a, that you have to grow. I mean, and being able to see yourself in the mirror and look honestly at yourself in the mirror and say, "I need to work on some things." Yeah, being teachable. You know, uh, Jim Collins in that book, with all the data that goes with it, said the two great qualities of of, of the level five servant leaders. Number one was humility, and you know, when that first came out, people were like, "Really." Mm. Fortune 500, corporate executives, humility. Are you kidding me? But what <laughs> Collins said, I couldn't deny the data. He said, he said, in terms of personality and style, all these leaders were very different. Some were tall, some were short, some were heavy, some were thin, dressed for success, dressed for, for failure, articulate, inarticulate. He said a couple could give a great speech. He said most of them were pretty boring. He said, but what all the great ones had, they had two things. And they weren't personality things or style things. They were character things. He said, number one, they were humble. And by humility, he meant not thinking less of yourself, thinking about yourself less. They were other-focused. They were not focused. They, they, they did not lay awake at night wondering when they were going to get a company car or a corner office. Mm. What kept them awake at night is, do my people have everything they need to win? Do my people have the tools, the training, the mission, the margin, the rules of the house, the hugs, the spanks? They got everything they need to be successful. They were other-focused. And in addition to that, he said they were teachable. Mm. You know, Dave, I meet a lot of executives who aren't teachable. Yeah. And Scripture calls that the hardening of the heart. When you are, you know what I call that? I call that militant ignorance, Dave. You know, there's two kinds of ignorance. There's what you don't know, and then there's what you think you know and don't know. And that's the worst kind, the unteachable yeah. kind. And they're usually the most, most certain of their position. You know, these people who know all about leadership but don't know leadership. I go into these companies, these CEOs, you know, these executives say, you've got to go teach our frontline supervisors this. We already get this stuff. You know, Peter Drucker used to say, the higher you are in an organization, the more you've got to change. The higher you are, you've got to change the most in the new millennium. But, man, when you have an unteachable spirit, when you have people who aren't humble, yeah. you can't do anything with that, Dave. So humility yeah. is the essence of other-focused and being teachable. And, uh, man, if you're not teachable, how are you going to grow? I mean, you know. Everybody says they believe in continuous improvement, Dave. Every seminar I always ask, how many people, how many of you believe in continuous improvement? Man, I'm, I don't think I've ever had nobody raise their hand, right? Then right. the second question is, well, can you improve if you don't change? If you believe, well, so what you're telling me is you're going to change this year. Well, you can't, change is hard. You know, if you're not holding people accountable, if you're going to change that this year, that's going to be hard. 
You haven't mm. been appreciating people for the last 20 years of your career or holding people or treating people with respect. That's going to be a tough change because you're a bundle of habits. You're going to have to start behaving differently. You know, you got to change your character. Mm. But the good Lord gave us the ability to do that, Dave. And in the lead-in, you know, you, you really put that together well. It's, you know, we can change our character. We're going to make, one, psych, one psychologist estimated about 1,500 choices of character every day. Am I going to be patient or impatient today with my spouse, with my kids, with my employees? Am I going to be kind or unkind? Am I going to be arrogant or am I going to be humble? Am I going to be respectful or disrespectful? Selfless or selfish? Mm. Forgiving or unforgiving? Honest, hold people accountable to excellence or take a pass? Am I committed or am I just involved? We make hundreds of choices of character every day. So we've got to start making some new choices and, 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 and building our character, building our habit base so we move and become a different person. And that's hard, Dave, and that, and that was a long way to answer your question, but that's why there's so <laughs> few servant leaders, because it's hard, Dave. Well, I'm telling you right now, you got me fired up, Jim, and I speak about the same stuff too, And, and but when I'm listening to you talk about it, it gets me fired up. And so I'm thinking right now, there's somebody right now, they're driving their car. They're listening to this while they're working out. They've downloaded, they've downloaded this, this show and they're listening and thinking, I want that. And they're saying, you know, so Jim, where do I start? What do I do to get there? Yeah. You well, you know, they've already done the first thing and that is they're, they're they were teachable. They're open. They're saying, I need to grow. I need to get after my stuff. So the, I, I, there, there, there's three steps, Dave. There, I call it the three Fs, foundation, feedback, friction. Foundation is the first part, and that's the training. Stephen Covey called that habit two. Begin with the end in mind. You need to get yourself educated on what servant leadership is, and, and there are great resources, plenty of them. Just Google it. There's great books. There's videos. There's, you know, and, and, and actually, it's pretty simple stuff. It's just treating people the way you'd want to be treated. Be the boss you wish your boss would be. We're done. We don't need any more books. Be the father yeah. you wish your father had been more fully for you. Be the mother you wish your mother had been more fully for you. It's just doing the right thing. Patience, kindness, respect, humility, that's just, that's just self-evident. I've never had anybody in 35 years, Dave, raise their hand at the end of a seminar and say, I disagree. Yeah. I'd rather have a boss who is impatient, toxic, unkind, arrogant, disrespectful, selfish, unforgiving, dishonest, and corrupt, and uncommitted. Mm. The, the principles are self-evident. So we've got we to get ourselves aligned with good character and good, good reading. And so we've got to lay our fountain. That's where I'm going, and I'm never going to arrive. But that's a high bar, servant leadership. Now the second step is I need some feedback, a second F, foundation, then feedback. How am I doing against that high standard of excellence? So we need to get some feedback. You know, you need to go to your spouse and say, what two things could I do to be a better husband for you? What two things could I do to help you feel more loved by me? Go to your teenager and say, what can I do to be a better dad for you? Go to your team at work and say, you know what? I want to raise my game as a leader. What would you do? If you, what, how would you lead this team if you were sitting in my chair? Mm. Just go out and start asking some open-ended questions. There are great confidential 360 tools you can use. There's tons of ways to get feedback. But the point is, don't assume you know your stuff. Mm. We've been behaving this way for decades. We need to get some data. How am I doing against that high bar? I need to identify the gap between where I need to be and where I am. But even that's not enough. Just getting the feedback. The most important step is the third step. You've got to create some friction. You've got to create some friction in your life because it's hard to change. You know, we, we start a program, you know, January 1, the gyms are full, right? <laughs> the the right. fitness places are packed, and by January 30th, not so much. 
And it's the same with leadership development. I see people start, they get excited for a couple of weeks, and it, and it trails off. I mean, you've got to create some some healthy tension in your life where there is nowhere to hide. Like when I go to my spouse and I say, you know what, I'm going to work on these two areas you just shared with me, and I want you to hold me accountable to this. You know, once a week after church, we're going to, get to, we're going to have lunch and we're going to talk about how that went. Or getting with your team and saying, you know what, I don't hold you people accountable to excellence. You all told me I'm a wimp, and it drives you crazy. So I'm going to start working on that, and now, from now on, you all have permission to stand on my desk when I'm not doing that. Man, now you've got nowhere to hide. Yeah. You know, when you go to your teenager and say, I'm not going to, that yelling thing I've been doing, that tell mode I've been in for 10 years, I, I, I'm going to change that. I'm going to start listening more. I'm going to start respecting you more. And you have permission to call me on that. I mean, you've got to create tension, accountability partners, where there's nowhere to hide. You've got to get after your mm. stuff. Don't assume you've got the, 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 the will within you. 10% of the population does, Dave. I'll go do a seminar, and 10% will predictably get on fire, and you don't have to worry about them. Ninety percent of us need a lot more. <laughs> we need push. We need friction. We need reminders. You know, life is tough, so we need a, we need help in creating this friction. So now, if I'm a if I'm a because a lot of people who listen to this show are small business owners or entrepreneurs, they're middle managers, frontline leaders, and things. And I'm thinking about this: how do I how do I help my team move in this direction as well? How do you create those that friction and that you know the the and set up that friction within a team and help help a leader build their team around this idea of servant leadership. Yeah, actually, I just did that in Montana on Tuesday and Wednesday. So what we do is uh, we've been teaching servant leadership to them, and, and that's that's a simple part. You know, we can do that in two hours in the morning and lay the foundation. This is what it looks like, guys. Just go do the right thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Then we got them some feedback, and everybody got to see their stuff, their gaps between where they need to be and where they are. And they chewed on that. And then the first thing they did is they went into a meeting on Monday morning with their CEO, 12 of them sitting around the table. CEO stood up first and put the results on the wall. Here's what you all had to say. Mm. I haven't been appreciating you. You don't feel, you don't feel respected. And uh, I haven't been holding you accountable to excellence, which, by the way, Dave, is the number one gap we find in leaders, by far, hmm. not even a close second. Failing to hold people accountable, failing to confront them with problems and situations as they arise. Number one gap by far, not even a close second, not, not telling people the truth. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. But anyway, so he stands up there and he says, this is what you all had to say. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's my plan. And they lay out a specific measurable plan of what they're going to do to go after this thing. And a month later, they circle back. Then they sit down. Vice president goes next. All right, Dave, you're up. Go. And they, we call that open in your kimono. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get up there and we go all right around the table, all 12. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the year... They have to do that periodically and talk about their progress. At the six-month point, we get them some more feedback. I mean, you create an environment, Dave, where you put a spotlight on everybody, and there's nowhere to hide. Yeah. That's what happens. You know, once the CEO, once he's getting after his stuff or she's getting after her stuff, where are you going to hide, right? I mean, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not going to grow this year. I mean, when you've got a CEO who's committed to this stuff, my, my job's easy. I mean, yeah. once... I mean, where are you going to hide? So you got the key is always the leadership. You know that, Dave, from the military. Yeah. It's just that the top guys bought in, top gals bought in. It's 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 going to be pretty easy. But you got to create a place where everybody's left with the choice, and the choice mm. is this: I'm either going to have to get after my stuff, or I'm going to get so uncomfortable I'm going to have to leave. Because man, when you realize there's nowhere to hide, you know you start getting serious, or else you leave. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they leave. Because it's just too uncomfortable. Because they've been hiding for 20 years, and now they've really got to start getting after their stuff. And it's, 
But, but the point here, Dave, is that we don't have 20 years to figure this out. At the speed of change in business these days, I mean, we've got months, not years. Yeah. So we've got to get radical. And so when I get in an organization, I get radical, man. We've got to get radical. We're going to lay the foundation. We're going to get you some feedback, and we're going to create friction. And so I have a CEO say to the leader, Dave, you can be the worst leader on the team. That's okay. But you better be moving north. The slope of that line better be moving north. I want to know what you're working on, and I want to know how you're measuring it. Because you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So I want to know what you're working on, and how, and, and, and we'll see you. We'll see you every month for the updates. You got wow. to create that kind of friction. And when you do that, I'll tell you. Once everybody starts uh, getting it that, that this is serious, guess what they do? They start to grow. Jim, that's you and I are on the same sheet of music, and I'm so excited that you've been here with us. I mean, that's a great summary of exactly what we need to do to be help ourselves and other people become servant leaders. I want to thank Jim Hunter for being with with us here today. I want to make sure you check out his website, jameshunter.com. Check out The Servant. He's got a new book that he's going to be publishing here in a few months. We'll keep you up to date on that in future shows. Jim, thank you for being here with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Dave. It was a ball. More from Dave Anderson when we come back. Girlfriended is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out Girlfriended.com and then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have mm-hmm. somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson. So let me use one word right here. Let's use that word passion. Did you hear that from Jim? The passion about his, the topic of servant leadership? I mean, he's been everywhere in the world talking about this. Jim Hunter, again, he's the author of three best-selling books, and he's got another new book that's going to be coming out later on this summer, uh, in the summer of 2015, that's going to be talking about culture and how do you build a culture of servant leadership in your organization, which when, we, when he brings that, on, brings that out, we're going to bring him back on to talk more about that. But let me ask you this question here. What are sheep when they don't have a shepherd? What are sheep when they don't have a shepherd? You know what they are? They're sheep. So let me ask you a second question. What's a shepherd when he doesn't have sheep? You know what he is? He's just some hygienically challenged old man walking around the woods with a stick in his hands. That's what he is. (laughs) You know, the whole point behind that is it's not the sheep 
It's not the shepherd that makes the sheep. It's the sheep that make the shepherd. We hear, we hear the word shepherd used when we talk about leadership. We, use, we hear that in the Bible. We hear that in a lot of different areas. But it goes with leadership as well. It's the followers who make the leader. See, I opened up talking about the problem with people who put themselves and make themselves number one. And Jim is talking about the whole idea of servant leadership and how what it is, it's all about everybody else. The servant leader is not focused on themselves. They aren't focused on just productivity and all those type of things. They are focused on the other people. They are looking at people and they don't see them as a tool to help the leader reach their goals. They see people as their, as their goal. The growth of those people are going to result in the growth the, of the organization. And so as opposed to focusing on productivity as a goal, they see that growing those people will create productivity. So I need to focus on the individuals who are in front of me. I need to do what's best for them. Not just what they want, like a slave would do, as Jim said, but what a servant would do, which is, which is meeting their needs and going out there and finding out what they need in order to become the best that they can be. Jim talked about it being a, talked about it being a, a, a hug or a spanking. I used to tell my people on my team, I'm like, look, I love patting people on the back. But I also wear a size 15 shoe. Yeah, yeah, I do. I wear a size 15 shoe, so I'm also good at giving a kick in the behind as well. I prefer the giving the pats on the back, but um, whatever I'm doing, whether I'm giving a pat on the back or a kick in the behind, know this. It's because I think that's what's best for you, even though you might not like it. That's what a servant leader is trying to do. Am I always good at that? No. Have I always been good at that? No. Am I still a work in progress? Absolutely. See, our character is a work in progress as well. Who we are is a work in progress. We're never done developing that. And I thought it was great points that Jim brought up about our personalities and our IQs are done developing by the time we're 15 years old. You know, but it's our character that can always be developed. We can always develop that. And the term character, a lot of people talk about, you hear politicians talk about character and you're not really sure what they mean because they just throw it out there like everybody should already know. And I like to use the term character when I think about it. I think about how Aristotle talked about it. He said, you know, become, you could become just by doing just acts. You become brave by doing brave acts. He was talking about habits. You don't, you don't just do something once and say that's who you are. You develop habits and how we behave on a regular basis determines who we are. Our habits, the good habits and the bad habits determine who we are. Another way to say it is how we are is who we are. Just because I claim to be a man in integrity doesn't mean that I am, right? Claiming it doesn't mean anything unless my behaviors align with that. If someone habitually says one thing yet does another, we've already established who that person is, what that person is. They're a hypocrite. So I got to think about it. I got to think about, do I think I'm a man of integrity? Do I think I'm a selfless servant to the people I lead? Do my behaviors align with that? Do my behaviors match who I claim to be? Am I a servant leader? Do I put the needs of people, the people I lead before my own needs? Do I sacrifice my time for them? Do I do things for others even when it's inconvenient? I mean, I can be a leader by title, a CEO, an entrepreneur, a frontline leader, a manager, a sales manager. I can be somebody who works for those people and I can still be a leader. I can still be a servant leader, and I can still focus on my character. 
As Jim said, people follow character, not titles. They follow character and not titles. Now, Jim talked about the whole idea of foundation, feedback, and friction, and that goes right in line with what I truly believe and how, how we work on our character. See, our character begins with our thoughts. What are we filling our heads with? That's that foundation that Jim was talking about. What are we reading? Do we read a blog? Look, you can, like I said before, you can get my blogs at AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com and you can get them sent to your email so you get them twice a week and you have something for you to read that will take you just a few minutes to read. But it, it starts working in your mind. Your thoughts start to change as you read more of these things. You can listen to podcasts like this. You can read, read Jim Hunter's books. You can read Joey Fawcett, who, uh, Fawcett's books, who was on, on the show previously. You can read Dan Miller's books, who are going to be on, on here next. You can read all these books, and you can fill your head with good stuff. Now, some people say, well, Dave, I don't have time to read. And I'm like, really? Come on. We all have time for the things we make a priority. Let's face it. Do you really need to watch another singing competition on TV? Come on. Let's, let, let's get real here. I mean, do I, Dave Anderson, really need to watch SportsCenter for the fourth time today, like as if the, the, the highlights have changed since the last time I watched them? No, I don't. No, I don't. So we all make time for things that we consider a priority, and those are how we affect our thoughts. But our thoughts lead us to our words. The more we think about things, the more likely we are we to, to speak in that way. But we already established words aren't just enough. Just claiming to be a person of integrity, just claiming to be a servant leader is not enough. The more we talk about things, the more likely they are to lead to our actions. I mean, Weight Watchers, Alcoholics Anonymous, they're great examples of how they focus on changing people's behaviors through speaking, through their words. When a person doesn't lose weight at Weight Watchers. Guess what? They don't. Uh, they the issue is yes. It's, are they following the diet? No, they're not. But why aren't they following the diet? The first pe- thing they ask you is how many meetings have you been to this month? Why? Because they know getting with other people and discussing these things, discussing the temptations the food might have, discussing what challenges them and what good looks like a good diet looks like on a, on a day to day basis helps people stick to the, their plan. Helps people change their behaviors. Alcoholics Anonymous, when somebody falls off the wagon, what's the first thing the sponsor says? When was the last time you went to a meeting? Why? It's not because people don't have the information in their head about why they need to stop drinking or why they need to diet and have a better diet. It's because they need the interaction with others to discuss these things. Our words lead us to our actions. The more we speak about things, the more likely we are to act in that way. And each time we act in a certain way, it makes it easier to do it the next time. Every choice we make, every time we make a choice, it makes it easier to make that choice the next time. We go back to that idea of working out. Every time I wake up in the morning and get a workout in in the morning, it makes it easier the next time to make that same choice. But when it rains or when it's cold outside and I hit that snooze alarm that first time, guess what? The next morning, no matter what the weather is, it's a lot harder to get out of bed, isn't it? That's the way we form habits, one choice at a time, one decision at a time. If I want to decide to be a servant leader, if I want to make decisions and say, you know what? I want to, I want to lead differently. I want to grow as a leader. I make, can make a decision today. 
That's the dose of hope I want to share with you right now. You want to make a change? You want to become a more selfless leader? You want to be somebody that people look up to and they say, he's working for me. She's working for me. She's not in it for herself. She's not looking out for number one. Type of person people want to follow? Make a choice today to take a different type of action. Because those habits, those choices you make, the more you make that choice, the more they, the closer to you they come to becoming a habit. And this works for an individual and for organizations, right? I talked, I've talked a lot in previous shows about organizational character and how do you shape an organization's character? You do it the same way. Look, you can go to overwhelmmanagersguide.com and you can look up the Overwhelm Manager's Guide to a Winning Culture and you can find a whole course that talks about how does a leader influence the culture of their team, the character of their team. And you can get a step-by-step process of doing that and download videos and PDFs and all those type of things from the overwhelmmanagersguide.com and, and find those resources. Look, we're closing here today and I want you to think about what am I going to become, do to become a servant leader? How am I going to affect what goes into my head? Jim Hunter's books, blogs, you can go to mine blogs. You can go to go to Joey Fawcett's blogs. You can you can go to Michael Hyatt's blogs. Whatever these blogs are, they affect how we think. And who are we going to talk to about this stuff? How what are we going to talk about? How are we going to what behaviors are we going to change? What new choices are we going to make to become the servant leader that everybody wants to follow? That's the goal here at Impact Talk Radio. Check us out at, at toginet.com. Go to andersonleadershipsolutions.com, and you can find Impact Talk Radio there as well. Download us here. Follow me at DaveAnderson88 on Twitter or on LinkedIn at andersonleadershipsolutions.com. Until our next show, I want to encourage everybody out there to stop reacting and start leading. Lead. Be a leader. Be a servant leader. Focus on others before we focus on ourselves. They'll follow you. You'll have sheep. You'll be a shepherd. 